0: You have to believe in yourself You have to believe in your ability You are capable of anything You can achieve any dream Please don't limit yourself Don't live your life limited It's not all sadness and misery Life's a challenge but you will succeed Take control of how you feel in every circumstance work on yourself
1: good morning everybody ryan here with the power of helping people episode one man i am really excited about today um this is episode one of the power of helping people. What's really cool about this episode, I had the honor and the pleasure to introduce one of my buddies. Uh, We met back in March of 2014. And what better way to meet somebody in a gym? Okay, so we our CrossFit gym was a place where I was pretty overweight and I wanted to go in and I really wanted to lose some weight. So I met this guy, Dusty, a man, what what a supportive guy. He's always been one of those guys that is right by your side and loves helping out. So, you know, what better way to introduce this guy? I'm going to bring him on here, give a little introduction, but you know what? This guy has the faith in him, the power. He literally strives to be better every single day. So let's welcome Dusty in here. What's going on, Dusty? How you doing, bud?
0: Good, how's it going, man?
1: Good, man. So I'm uh, really excited to have you in here. Back a little while back when I decided to to start this podcast, I I really wanted to pick the best person for the first uh, podcast. So what better person to have? than my buddy, Dusty Meissen, you know? And then I really think that with him being here today, you guys are gonna be blown away. So I'm gonna go into a couple little things and we're gonna ask some questions, but this is the power of helping people and where we, our mission is to help every one person every single day. And by spreading this out in the universe and the world, what what better way to impact thousands of people if everybody else can do this? So first and foremost, I'm gonna introduce Dusty. Dusty actually was born in Muskegon, and he graduated from Teeth Puffer High School. So, I think that was back in
0: 1990, wasn't it?
1: 90, it was so that, that's telling your age right there, right? Yeah, so exactly. You probably had a birthday, or you're having a birthday coming up?
2: Uh, a couple weeks, yep. Yeah. A couple okay, weeks. A couple weeks.
1: 48. yes. So, uh, ooh, look at that. Look at that. So, so Dusty, first and foremost, I, I, I want to introduce and tell you a little bit about, you know, what what you do for a living. Um what uh so you worked at Continental and yes. Continental you worked for 19 years. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about tell me a little bit o- about Continental since you worked there so long. Because not many people work at a place for 19 years. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about Continental, what they're what they're all about and why you've been there so long.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um so I'm an electrical engineer by degree, uh, Michigan State alum, and uh, coming out of college, I ended up at, at um, what was Delphi then, is now Aptiv, and uh, then I jumped continental shortly thereafter, and like you said, I spent almost 20 years there. Uh, great company to work for, I started out in engineering, worked my way up through project management, and ultimately into sales, where I felt it was, it was a good fit for me, but i um, it's just a great company that supports supports all of their employees um and is a very successful company in the auto industry and um really strives to, to put their people in a position to succeed so um yeah great career there and uh had a lot of support throughout the entire time
1: so i actually did a little research on continental because i'm mm-hmm. one of those guys that are really interested in core values and stuff so i i wanted to read these core values out because I thought what a what a better place to work and, and and I think that's why you've been there so long. So so I'm going to read a couple of core values out and then you can kind of give a little elaboration on that but their core values the first one was trust. We earn trust, the trust we give. And I think that that stands a lot of, you know, if 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 you trust the company you work for and you believe in them you want to be there. And so that'll tell you a little bit about why you've been there for 19 years. Do you feel that the trust of the company and, and the, the trust in you, do you feel that's a big purpose of why you were there for 19 years? Yeah,
2: it's um, it, it, it goes both ways, obviously. Um, it, you need to be trusted as an employee, as a, as a manager to take care of your people, to help the business succeed. But you need to have that trust in, in your organization as well, that, that they're trying to do the right things um, as a as a company, uh, otherwise that's why a lot of people move on. So if you feel if you trust your organization is trying to do the correct things, it, it's really easy to stay there for a long time and um, and and be successful, and, and in turn help them be successful.
1: I totally agree. I mean, we have a a very uh, key thing for our core values. I mean, our our motto and our our logo is family, culture, and integrity. I mean. We we strive by that every single day, and we want to put that out there so we know that our employees do that every single day, and we are a family company. So, I mean, it's, it sounds like a lot of Continental is the same. They also have a passion to win. If you're not winning as a company, you're losing, and you won't be around very long. So, I thought that was a pretty cool core value. I also uh, – it says – one of them was freedom to act. We grow with freedom and it's a responsibility. So, I mean, I think that's another big testament to the company too. And, you know, it speaks a lot of volume for you because you've been there so long in 19 years, but tell me a little bit about your jump. You jumped uh, about three years ago to a company uh, for directors of sales out of North America. What? Tell me a little bit about that company and what, what they're all about.
2: Yeah. So I'm currently with Argus Cybersecurity, which is actually an independent subsidiary of continental. Uh, but because they're independent, I, I had to leave continental and, and, rejoin kind of within Argus. Um, what we do is cyber security for the automotive industry. So, um, we ensure your vehicles aren't getting hacked. The bad guys aren't doing bad things to your vehicle or, or the overall vehicle fleet. Um, it, it's been an interesting jump. I have the entire, um, north american landscape within automotive so your traditional big threes as well as your west coast electric vehicles commercial vehicles basically anything you can drive Um, we we do stuff in the agriculture area anything you can drive we're uh, working with those customers Um, same type of core values Um, we are headquartered in israel though so the vast majority of my team is in Tel Aviv, Israel, which is an awesome place to go with uh, very, very innovative people and um, same type of core values. Though I, I have all the support I need from my organization back in Israel, and um, and it makes it really easy to to want to wanna be a successful, hardworking employee for them. What is the
1: time change, and how does that how does that affect you when you're working towards them in different? You have to be at a you have to work all midnights, or how does that work?
2: yeah it's a so it's seven hours difference oh, that's uh, bad. you're seven hours ahead which means my mornings are usually pretty loaded with meetings with my team there the nice part is that means my afternoons are relatively open to focus on my customers so i end up splitting i, I, I tend to focus internally within the company um in the mornings and externally to my customers in the afternoon it really makes a nice split um another interesting change though is um Israel weekends are Friday and Saturday, so they work Sunday through Thursday. So um, my Fridays internally are a little slower. My Sundays are typically a little busier than most American uh, Sundays, but yeah. it, it works out. Everyone's flexible, um, as you know. Flexibility is the key, and, and and especially in today, with so many people working remote and um, and being global organizations, you have to be flexible. Um, You know, I've I've had customers around the world throughout my career, so uh, when I had Chinese customers, it wasn't uncommon to have meetings at 11 at night. And and you just adjust and adapt and have flexibility, but again, your organization has to have flexibility towards you to make that work, and uh, fortunately, mine does.
1: So, so tell me a little bit about the whole COVID thing with your company. Has it affected your company? Has it affected your work? Has it affected the employees there? Tell me a little bit about that, and you know what you guys are doing to try to make that change.
0: Yeah,
2: as with everyone, it of course had an effect. I mean, it's a it's a once in a lifetime pandemic. Uh, it's affected us all. Uh, I had a pretty pretty flexible work environment anyway, so I was working from home. Um, working in the office whatever, whatever worked on a, on a given day to be as efficient as possible but um, the biggest impact has been my customers um, General Motors, Ford um, Stellantis. those guys they've been out of the office for over a year and they're still not in the office a big part of what I do you know, leading the business um, for North America I need to see those people face to face and not being able to do that has been difficult so obviously we adjust, we do things like I'm sitting here talking to you and we're not in the same place, you know, same thing. I'm doing a lot of zoom meetings um, and things like that. But um, to be honest, I, you know, I miss, I miss the face-to-face sitting down in a meeting room, you know, finding out how their kids are, just the the personal side of it's a little tougher in in the virtual meeting environment, but Hey, you know, you have to adapt and, and move on. And that's what we've done. And now hopefully we're, we're coming out of that and going back to, a, a more normal business environment, but maybe keeping some of the positives that came along with that, the, the flexibility, the, the working from home, the being able to meet in multiple regions remotely via Zoom or whatever else you use. So
1: you, you brought up something interesting. You, you said your kids. So we're gonna dive into your kids because you know what? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a father, and a four, same as you. And I know personally, It's a, it's a balance, you know, it's family, kids and work, you know, that's, that's the balance, but you seem to really, really put the time into your kids. Uh, I'm going to go and tell, you know, you have four kids. Uh, Tristan is your oldest. Um, And, you know, he, uh, talk about a stud, played at Clarkston's, got a, a championship ring, a class, what is that class? He's got two, two rings. Okay. So he's got two rings uh class A, what is that? Uh is it is it class A? What is the what is the league that he
2: was in? Yeah, so they were in the Oakland Athletic Conference, but they're class A. So uh two basketball class A state titles in 2017 and 2018. T- tell me who he played with at Clarkson. Just just
1: just oh. throw out a couple names that, that he actually played with that uh that yeah. you and I are green, we bleed green and white. Yeah. So tell yeah. a little bit about who he played with up up there at Clarkston.
2: His team was one of the, in my slightly biased opinion, (laughs) but uh, a lot would agree with me. His team was one of the best uh, the state of Michigan has seen um, in a long time. So the first year they had Dylan Alderson, who ended up playing at Toledo, and then moved on to Indiana Wesleyan. So division one player, um, amazing athlete and kid. Um, So Dylan was good. And then from our green side, um the same grade as Tristan was foster lawyer um so Foss went to Michigan State and has recently transferred to Davidson and um keep your eye on this kid he's he's gonna have a successful season at Davidson uh and then he also played with Thomas Kittier who also went to Michigan State and now is at Valparaiso um Taylor Curry who went to Wisconsin and has moved on to a few schools since then um Matt Nicholson, who is at Northwestern University, so another Big Ten kid. Um, CJ Robinson went to Lake Superior State with my son Tristan; uh, they played there together, and um, the list goes on and on. But a couple other uh, NAIA D two D three players, as well as some really really good kids who chose not to play in college.
1: I will personally agree that that is probably the best team that I've seen. Uh, and the reason why is because look at that lineup. I mean, that it's, it's pretty amazing when you have that many Division One kids that go out and play next level. You know, so it's yeah. pretty cool on that. Um, I'll, I, we'll, we'll go to right down the list. We'll go to Landon.
2: Yeah, so Landon is my 15-year-old son. Uh, he is at Oxford High School. Um Landon played basketball growing up like Tristan, um, football a little bit like Tristan, and then he um, he kind of took his own path. So now he is on the Oxford cross-country team and Oxford golf team. Um, he's excited to be getting his driver's license here in a, in a few months. End of August, he turns 16. Uh, he's a little more excited than me, I think. But, uh, <laughs> it's, it's always a scary time. Yours are younger, so just wait, buddy. It's a, it's a scary time when they start to drive. But, yeah, so great kid. He's... Um, you know he's really helpful out here uh, with everything we have going on, and um, yeah. You know
1: you, you have good kids, so I mean that shows a lot from you as a parent. Um, but we were gonna we're gonna go to the next one, Parker, because um, I know Parker pretty well because I have a daughter the same age and they're in the same class and they played volleyball together. So tell tell a little bit about Parker. Um, she's a very talented girl, um, but tell tell a little bit about Parker
2: sure sure so parker is 13 now and going into the eighth grade at oxford middle school uh plays volleyball loves volleyball plays travel volleyball in the same program as ryan's daughter um plays middle school ball they were on the same team they've played together in the past so she loves volleyball she's um a little bit unique from my other kids she has an artsy side as well i don't know where she gets that it's definitely not from me um she's very artistic she's a great singer uh she plays the piano a little bit she's um, she's into acting. She's done multiple plays. Um, all all of that side. I don't know where it comes from. Her mom's not really like that either. But, uh, <laughs> but it's, a, it's a skill set that she has. That's a little different from the rest of the family, and it makes her a little unique. But she's really helpful around here. She's my only daughter, which you know is, is, uh, makes it a little extra special. But um, yeah, she's a great girl, and um, that's kind of what she's all about.
1: So you know what I like most about Parker is she's very confident. And I think that the confidence in her comes out, and I and and, and you got to be a confident woman in today's world. So that's what I try to teach my girls is to be a confident and person and be yourself, you know. So uh, and the last but not least, uh, we got Grady here. So he's isn't he the basketball the stud, the little the kid he plays basketball. He looks up to his older brother. Tell me a little bit about him.
2: So Grady's my youngest. He's eight. And going into the third grade and, and, you know, being the fourth kid, we'll see soon with summer, I'm sure. But um, being the fourth, they kind of, they learn a lot from their older siblings. So, you know, he's eight, he has a 21, 15, and and 13-year-old older siblings. So he picks everything up. So he's he's a little more mature than most eight-year-olds in some good ways, some bad ways. Uh, and he's he, he's he loves all sports, pretty much any sport. Um, he loves basketball, football. He wants to try lacrosse now. He's got a few others. So pretty much anything you can throw in front of him, he loves. He's very outgoing. He's very social. Um, and you know, I think it's being the fourth kid. It's kind of by the time we got to him, he the other kids were kind of leading the way, and he just followed suit. So. Yeah, so that's it though, four. We're done. We yeah. he, we, we, he we is got.
1: very competitive, just like my son, around yes. the same age. Uh every time they're around each other, they want to play sports, they want to wrestle, they wanna do this. So it's it's pretty cool about that. They've actually wrestled together. I think they've uh I don't know if they played any other sports together, but I think they just wrestled and besides playing uh, you know, a little pickup stuff here and there. But yeah. we're gonna go to the most important person in your life, your uh, your sweetheart, uh Katie. Tell me a little bit about Katie. And and, and the, before you go into telling me about Katie is I really want you to go into detail, meaning when you met her and when you first fell in love. And because the reason why I say that is because that is a very powerful, basically powerful point in your life. And I like to tell my story. So I know other people like to tell their story, but I really want to the details like how you met, you know, where you guys, where, where your first date was. And I know I'm putting you on the spot right now, but uh, as us gentlemen, we should pretty much know all that stuff, or otherwise we're going to be in the doghouse. So we're going to we're going to we're going to put you in the doghouse, or we're going to put you as a
2: hero. So let's see what we sure, uh, got here. Excellent. Yeah. So my wife Katie and I met. I was 28 actually, so um, I was single a little longer than well, a lot longer than you, <laughs> a lot, a lot longer than many. Um, but we we actually were um, set up on a blind date by. Uh, mutual friends, so um, we went to Chi-Chi's, which no longer exists, right? But uh, we got a lot of Mexican food, and, and, and pretty much from that first night, we were together non-stop, so um, got married a few years later, um, and then obviously started going down down the road um, with, with kids and stuff, but, um, you know, Katie's a very motivated person. She was in um, nursing school when we met, uh Working to become a registered nurse. Uh, right when we met, she was close to finishing that up. So then she started her career uh, shortly after we started dating as a nurse. Um, the whole the whole time she was a nurse, she was continuing her education, getting her bachelor's in nursing, and then her master's in nursing, and ultimately her doctorate. Um, so she was in school for for a long time, and you know had really strong goals that she was chasing professionally, and uh, I was there to support that, of course. Um, She now is a professor at Oakland University in the nursing department. Um, Really loves that, really loves helping new nursing students. It's a it's a very important profession um, that we really need more of and um, she likes teaching the new up-and-coming kids. Uh, She teaches in the graduate program and the undergrad and then she also has her own uh, family practice here at Oxford. where she sees patients in her office, of course, like a traditional family practice. But she also does house calls, telehealth. Uh, she does a lot for the elderly community, um, where she goes to um, elderly facilities where those people can't get out as easy, and um, and takes care of their family family care needs. So, um, so she's she's a very busy person with you know with a couple careers going on as well as taking care of me and all the kids and everything else she does but uh yeah very successful professionally and um yeah, it does all that with being a, still being a great person pretty amazing
1: so so here here's the thing for our guests that are listening so you and i have four kids yes we married two good-looking women that are both nurses and peas and very successful on top of us both being salespeople. I think we've pretty got a lot in common, you know? And and I I was telling in the first intro uh, podcast that you know, when you when you hang out with people, you are who you hang out with. So the first, it's usually the top five people who you hang out with. So what better way? And I, first and foremost, I want to congratulate you for being at a place for 19 years, and not only 19 years, you've been there three more years because it's a subsidiary of Continental. So you've re- technically been there 22 years of your life, and I, I really want to commend you on that and and congratulate you uh, on that. So we're we're gonna go back into your childhood right now. We're going to, we're going to dig deep and we're going to, so, so obviously you've got this drive. You've been somewhere for 22 years. You've, you've really worked really hard. I want to ask you as a child, who is that one impactful person that made you where you're at today and who pushed you and drove you to be that person today?
2: That's a good question. Narrowing it to one is, is pretty difficult. Um, If I have to narrow it to one, I probably, it, it was probably my dad. I put my mom and dad together in that. But um, my parents were very influential. I was lucky. Uh, my parents are still married. Um, I didn't have to go through the divorce challenges many people go through. I, I've been blessed most of my life with uh, a lot of positive things. But um, my parents were, you know, very impactful throughout my childhood um putting me in sports i was super competitive kid and still i am very competitive but um they gave me opportunities to try any sport i wanted so you know i have played them out pretty much and um with varying levels of success but they never said no we're too busy for that um, i grew up a hockey kid mostly and so they were driving me all over and you know when, when you're a kid you don't realize the investment that takes not just financially from a time standpoint, they were busy as well,
0: and they were driving my little brother and I
2: wherever we had to go to play hockey. Um, putting that financial investment in it's not a cheap sport, and they somehow found a way to, you know, make that happen. Where, you know, we never felt like it was a struggle. I'm sure it was for them. So um, they always drove me to get good grades. That wasn't an option. Um, but they did it in a positive way. It wasn't, I never felt, you know, they did it in a positive way. So, you know, that set me up to to go to a good college, the best college, and, uh, and really set me up for my future. So, you know, I had a lot of other positive influences along the way, you know, baseball coaches, wrestling coaches, coaches primarily, um, family, Family is very important to me. So um, uncles, I have an uncle who's only 10 years older than me who, you know, I followed around everywhere like a big brother. And, um, you know, he had a big influence on my life, um, especially the sports side of it. So lots of very positive influences, but my my parents kind of laid that groundwork and and put me around the right people um, and, you know, laid the groundwork for that success.
1: Yeah, dude, that's that's amazing and and you brought up a couple of good points. I mean, I I grew up in a background that didn't have a uh married couple. My mom and dad got divorced when I was very very young. So I leaned on my grandfather and I leaned on my my uncle. My uncle actually taught me a lot about sports. And my uncle, we have a lot in common with that is because my uncle took me to the state games as when I was younger, so that's what I became a big Spartan fan. He was I think the first game I went to was like seven or eight years old. And I think after that, I was going on a continual basis every year. And it really impacted me because when you take kids to events like that, and as mm-hmm. you know, they fall in love, just like when when Grady was watching Tristan play basketball. He didn't know he loved basketball, but he knew he had to love basketball because he knew his big brother was doing it, and then you know all the attention and then and, and the wins that go along with that. So, you know, we're in a winning winning you know world right now, and if you're winning, you're always going moving up that next level. We call it leveling up. But you yep. brought up wrestling. OK, let's go into the wrestling, because I've talked to you about this before. And and I know that you have a brother that's wrestled with you and you guys competed back and forth. And I think did you tell me your brother was better than you or you were better than your brother?
2: Oh, you're going to make me say this. Yes, yes, I am. That's why am. that's
1: why we're digging deep. We're digging deep. So
2: he was better than me. So um, I have a love-hate relationship with the sport. It was it, it taught me a lot I, I, I really think that it's good for people to be involved in team sports. You learn so much from that. You learn to work with others. Um, I, I played baseball and, like I said, pretty much every other team sport imaginable growing up, and you get a lot from that. But then, if you shift to the individual sports like wrestling and in golf and, and things like that, it gives you kind of a different skill set for life. Um, there's no one to blame. If you, if you lose, it's 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 all on you, and you learn to take that on. So it's it, it, it's. It gives you a different skill set. Both are important. So, um, I, you know, if, if your kids do individual and team sports, I think that's the the best of both worlds. But um, I was fairly successful. I had some opportunities to wrestle in college that um, I chose not to pursue. Um, at one point, way back in the day, in 1991, I had our school record for most wins, which my brother three years later decided to crush. So um, he held the record for a few years and it's since been surpassed by a few people, but um, yeah, he, he had to make me look bad, but hey, I take that as a success too. If our younger siblings are successful, they are successful because we laid the groundwork for them. So, um, so my little brother Ryan, he, he's a very successful guy and, and I take credit for all of it.
1: You know, and I, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to call it on the carpet too. My brother's better than me at sports and I, and I, I credit myself and just like you do, I credit myself for constantly pushing them to be better every single day. And just like I do with my kids, I push them to be better every single day. And I think you do the same as is you said in an in individual sport and in the team sport, they learn to, to win as a team and lose as a team. They learn yeah. to lose as an individual and they lose you know win as an individual. So there's two different you know sets in your mind that you're like, oh yes, I did it all myself, but you know what? I get really passionate about winning with others. I like to win with others. So it gives you that individual sport, but it gives you that team atmosphere because a lot of people like to win as a team. Yeah. So I wanted to definitely bring that up. The reason why is because I we have a lot in common. And as you know, it's, it's, it's getting more and more common. And, and and that's why when I was digging in, I was really excited to do this interview is because a lot of the stuff that I dug up is just similar to my life, you know? So. Let's let, let's go, let's, let's go a little bit farther. Okay. Um, I want to, I want to basically read something real quick that you posted and we're going to really get, we're going to go really deep now. And, and so get ready, get ready, everybody. So, so I read something that you posted and it said, I want to inspire people. I want someone to look at me and say, because of you, I didn't give up. Now I posted that several months ago i believe and you posted that and i live by that and i, I believe that quote is, is is we have to impact life and i think that this podcast is going to impact thousands of people and, and that's why i brought you on here so so i'm gonna i'm gonna read something that you posted uh basically may 17th okay so so last year you were dealt pretty much some bad news okay and I want to. I want everybody to. I want you to share those that news, and I want you to. I want you to say what it, how it impacted your life. But I want to read your post real quick. Your post. Your post basically was a picture. It said, "One day you will tell your story of how you overcome what you're going through now, and it will become part of someone else's survival guide." Now I started this podcast for the power of helping people. Okay, and I think this next. 15 to 30 minutes of this podcast is going to be where it impacts a lot of people. And the reason why I say that is because you personally are what people look up for, look up to because your faith and your drive and your passion to fight this thing is amazing. And I just want to tell you that I look up to you and every single day is, 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 is we were talking about it yesterday. If somebody's complaining about minute things, Stop complaining, because other people in this world, things are happening to far and far, way worse than what you're going through. If you're at a restaurant and you get a bad burger or a bad food, it's not a big deal. We as humans and individuals, and this is why I started this podcast, is because we need to help every single person be better. And so why don't you tell us about that day and what that impacted? Because it was in September of 2020, right?
2: So, so let's go and um, Go, ahead and, so go bit, ahead and go deep. I, I, I'll give you a little background for this. I, as you've heard from the, the, the background of my life, I, I was blessed. Two parents, still married, um, great brother, uh, met the love of my life, had four amazing kids, uh, had a career path that is everything I could dream of. You know, It, it was all going really good. Um early spring of last year, I started having some stomach issues. They couldn't quite figure it out. um, After lots of testing and going through some difficulties, September 19th, I went in um, for what they told me was just to be safe uh, and and do a biopsy. And um, they found a tumor in my pancreas. So uh, September 19th of 2020, I was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. pancreatic cancer is not one you want to get. It is, it is, uh, all cancer is bad, but it's, it's, it's a really bad one. Um, and it, it was a shocking, shocking, shocking day. So, um, it hit me hard. It knocked me down probably worse, definitely worse than anything in my life. But after a few days of, of being knocked down, I really did some soul searching and and I just, Decided that I'm not just going to sit there and let it win, so um, I started doing a lot of research. Uh, I met with my oncologist. We started putting together a medical plan, which is the first important thing. In parallel to that medical plan, I started putting together my plan for life. So that kind of uh, getting that kind of kick in the stomach that you know you have a really severe terminal illness, it um, knocks you down a little, but it also it also gives you insight. You, you you realize what's important in life. You you really look at man having a good job is great. I shouldn't complain about it. Um, having these amazing kids, an awesome wife, I'm blessed. Being here, seeing the sunshine, being on this earth those those are all things that you take for granted normally. I, I decided to stop taking them for granted, and I decided to start. Really approaching things a little bit differently um, in order to fight this thing the best I can. So first and foremost, I have a great medical team at Carmelos who's taking good care of me. I'm going through chemo. I'm going through. I've gone through radiation. Um, they tried to do a surgery. We've gone through a lot there in the medical side. I fully trust my team, and I'm just leaving it to them. But the other side is how I deal with it on a day to day. And um, there's a few things that that really get me through that. The first is my faith. Um, I was a faithful person before this, but looking at a terminal illness really brings you closer to God, and you, you really start to, to dive into that walk with Christ, and that's what I've done. Um, I kind of took on the mantra of faith over fear from the beginning, so I'm leaning into my faith, and, and I'm fighting that fear. I'm not going to be afraid of it, um, so that's been a very important part. So My faith has been like really the foundation of what's got me through this. Um, the second thing is a positive attitude and, and I just decided, yeah, I can be sick and I can be sad and I can be miserable, but why? So I've, I've tried to have a positive attitude and, um, and really carry that day to day. Um, and, and really jump into that. And then I've also tried to stay physically healthy, which is the third thing. I, mean, I tried to kind of find a way to fight it back. So um, I'm not like I was when we were back in the gym, but um, I'm, on, I'm running quite a bit. I'm on the Peloton, I'm hitting the heavy bag. I'm, I'm finding ways to find physical ways to fight back against this thing. And that's really helped me. It's helped me physically and it's helped me emotionally. Um, and then the final thing is, is the fourth thing is my support system has been amazing through this. Um, obviously my wife first and foremost, but I was worried about my kids when I was diagnosed and man, they've handled it way more maturely than I could have ever expected and really stepped up and they've helped more around the house. It's been pretty amazing. Um, and then just friends and family, you know, I post on Facebook and I get hundreds of comments every time I post something just of support and love. And, and that's kind of carried me through this. So I'm approaching a year of being a pancreatic cancer warrior and I'm as strong as I was a year ago. I'm more positive. I appreciate life more, and you know I plan on being around to fight this thing for a while. So it's it was a huge kick in the stomach. It was a really tore me up. But after a couple days, I was like, "Look, I'm going to take this thing on. I'm going to stay positive. I'm going to fight it." And I said from the beginning, you know, there's a reason for everything. it's not my job to understand it. It's God's plan. And, but there's a reason that I have what I have. And, and, and I believe that that reason is to be able to help other people. So if I make a positive post on Facebook about, you know, Hey, I made it through another round of chemo, feeling good, hitting the gym and like someone's having a bad day and they go, I guess my day is not that bad. And I help them, pick themselves up then you know it was a successful day for me so that's kind of that's kind of where i've taken it
1: that's uh i think that's for first and foremost why i wanted you on as the first person is because of how positive you are and there's a shirt behind me that i have had for a while as soon as you ended up getting it, i bought it and it said basically faith over fear and it's like you need to have your faith because if you don't have your faith you have nobody in your corner you have to have that faith so you can actually get through day to day, every single day. And with your positive energy is just amazing. I mean, it literally is amazing because if you push, if you put some, something like we were talking about yesterday and you just said, is there is far worse problems out there than somebody having a bad day. You know, we need as a community, as as friends, as family is to support every single person in a positive manner and help them out. And so that's why I started this podcast and that's why you're here today is because you are going to impact a lot of people. You are going people are going to listen to this and they're going to say I need to start taking my life for granted. Not not for granted. I mean I need to I need to literally dive in and say there's a purpose for me to be here. And I need to do that. I need to stop making excuses. And I didn't just need to do it. And that's what you're doing. You're not making excuses. You're going at it hard, and you're doing it. And I think that's amazing. And I'm going to read that quote again that I said earlier. And and it says, I want to inspire people. I want someone to look at me and say, because of you, I didn't give up. Man, doesn't that represent Dusty right now, guys? I mean, that is he is not giving up he's going to fight this it's faith over fear and he's going to knock this out of the park so so i think i'm gonna i'm gonna go into some other stuff but you know i think that i pray for you every single day and i think with all the help out there i think everybody else that's listening to this right now is going to pray for you and i think miracles are going to happen because you are an individual of faith and and if you don't have faith, you don't have anything, and that's what I always say. So, let's uh, let's 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 dive a little bit more into this stuff. So, um, I want to I want I, w- I want you to tell me a little bit about. I know you t- touch base with your kids a little bit, but I want you to tell me a little bit about, you know, your kids and 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 something that you would want to tell them. You know, if you could look in the camera right now, and you could you could say a message to your kids. I want you to say what's on your mind and tell them
2: exactly what you're thinking. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I, I don't think it's any different with with what I'm going through now. But it's it's for me. It's always been. You guys can be successful as successful as you want to be at whatever you want to be. Right. This is this is always the message. It's it's you can basically do whatever you want if you put the effort in. And you know, and you f- you find what fits your skill set, and um, you know that that's the most important thing for me. I don't, I, I don't have I'm an engineering degree, like I told you. I don't have an engineer out of any of my four kids. I know that already. Not one of them is interested. They're not going to follow in my path. Um, Tristan's pre med, He's probably going to follow um, mom's path a little bit, and, and the others, you know, it's a little too young to tell, but. Whatever that path is, it doesn't matter. Whatever you want to be, it it doesn't matter. Just be the best at it that you can be. And whatever that is, make it about more than just making money or just being in a position of power. Um, You know, making money and being in positions of power, being successful, you know, being the next Jeff Bezos, whatever it is, um, that allows you to help a lot of people. You know, having money, having power, having. Um, being in positions that, where you have success, that allows you to help other people. And, and you will get a lot more satisfaction out of doing that than you will just, you know, stocking money in your bank account. That's good too. But definitely use whatever your success is in life to help others um, and to pull them up, basically.
1: Yeah, and I think too, is just when when you're saying that, I tell my kids a lot, is you got to have fun you got to enjoy what you do and you got to give a hundred percent. That's it. That's all you got to do. Because if you do those three things, you're going to be successful no matter what you do, because you could be making a million dollars a year and be totally miserable, or you could be making $50,000 a year and be the happiest guy in the world. I mean, it's that simple. So that's why we want as individuals in this, in this, in this podcast is, is you don't have to be you know, a Jeff Bezos and make all this money, but guess what? If you were Jeff Bezos and you had that kind of money, you could how many people could you impact? And like you said, you have to make sure yeah. that you give one hundred and ten percent every single time. Now, uh, Dusty, you are a fighter. Um, you know, I, I look at you as I, I look up to you. You, you've got that eye of the tiger, fu- you know, fire in you. And 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 I want to tell a couple funny stories here, you know, to lighten the mood a little bit. But you know, you 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 last Friday. You know, I, I actually was talking to your neighbor the other day and he said, I heard this buzzing noise and, you know, his room's on the same side as your, your, your garage. And he heard this buzzing noise and he didn't know what was going on, but he actually, the next morning he looked on Facebook and knew you were getting a Mohawk. So y- can you show the people your Mohawk and, and tell me, tell people why you did it in, and, 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 you know, cause, cause it's, it's, I think it's pretty cool. And if you, if you had that when we were at CrossFit, I think I would have did it too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's uh, yeah, It started kind of as a, as a, as a joke, but um, I've been fortunate, I've gone through, um, starting in October of September, late September of last year, I started a chemo protocol that was um, really aggressive and, and, and really just beats up your body, and I went through that till the end of the year, and then I did some radiation and different chemo, and now I'm back on that really aggressive one, um, I'm through five of eight cycles. Anyways, through all of that, almost a year of it, I haven't lost any of my hair. So, you know, that's what everyone always thinks about when you get cancer. Like the first thing, right? You're going to lose your hair. Yeah. And I haven't. But um, the last few weeks, it started to fall out a little bit. Um, it just t- not to where it's really visible, but it's kind of annoying. It's on my pillow, whatever. Um, so we were with some friends um, having a dinner. And I'm like, I need to shave my head. And my friend Chris said, well, we can do that right now. I said, well, let's not shake all of it at once. Let's do a Mohawk. That's what's tough. So it kind of was a, a really quick decision, but um, I like it. I, I was laughing with my, my boss earlier today. Um, I told him, as far as I know, I am the only executive in the auto industry with a Mohawk. It makes me spend <laughs> time. I, now, if there are others out there, I'm going to start a club, but I think I am the only one. With a mohawk. Eventually, I'll probably have to shave it off because it'll all start falling out. But for now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rock the mohawk and and I'll be the only automotive exec with one. I, I hope. I hope I'm one of okay.
1: <laughs> well, uh, I actually did a mohawk uh, during COVID. I actually had a mustache and a mohawk. So I think you need to grow the mustache now, too. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: you, know, you know me long enough, I already know that that's a losing battle. I can't, it. it looks very
2: and and it's pretty much completely white now, so you can barely see it even when I can grow a little beard. So, we're going to skip that step and you know, maybe eventually I'll grow it and i look like Mr. T or something. I don't know, we'll figure it out.
1: So, so I actually reached out to your oldest Tristan and I asked him, I wanted him to tell me a story, and he 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 he, he basically uh said that it was a story of, that you told him that you put i believe you put it on facebook but it was a story when he was a younger kid and he peed an old navy can you tell me that story and 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 tell me a little bit the details i want to know how it happened what you did and what kind of parrot when he sees this kid doing that what do you do
2: <laughs> this is uh i can't believe you told that because now he'll be embarrassed by it but he was <laughs> maybe three two or three he was really little um but, uh, you know, he was through the potty training stage, and we were in Old Navy, and Katie and I were at the checkout line, <laughs> paying, whatever. And he, he was like, Dad, I have to go pee. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Give us a minute. Let us pay. Well, he didn't give us a minute. He walked, and you know how Old Navy has the, the glass doors and the whole glass front. He just decided he was going to go outside. So he walked out. The automatic doors opened, and he decided that was far enough. Um, dropped his pants around his ankle and proceeded to pee in the entrance to old Navy, as people were trying to get in um as a parent i can't quite tell you how to correctly react to that i can tell you katie's response and mine were slightly different she was mortified um and didn't know how to react and was completely shocked i started laughing hysterically and and could not stop i i probably laughed as hard as i've ever laughed but um the store handled it pretty well they they Clean up on aisle six, type of thing, and then uh, yeah, the patrons walking in were a little shocked, but we grabbed him and uh, got out of there in a hurry. But yeah, the fun of being a parent—you never know what to expect.
1: So I have a similar story to that, and it's my son. It's my my Gavin, my nine-year-old son, Gavin. We were uh, uh, coming home from a Michigan State tailgate, and he needed to go to the bathroom real quick. And I'm like, okay, well, let's just go to McDonald's real quick. You know that McDonald's that you go right before you get on 69? So we drove in there, and the kid couldn't even wait to go into the (laughs) McDonald's. He literally dropped his drawers, and I took pictures of this, but he dropped his drawers, his butt, and you could see a stream (laughs) going about six feet. It literally was like six feet. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And you're, the bathroom's twenty feet away. Just go in there. Nope. Dropped his drawers right in, the, right in the parking lot, and just did it. You know, as people are going through. So
0: we all have
1: one of those stories. We all have one of those stories, and, and at least ours were pee and not poop. <laughs> yes, Could you imagine? Could you imagine? So, so. But I, uh, I actually want to. I, I want to tell a quote that I that I actually uh, saw on your Facebook page, and and I think that it's really. It, it just it's going to resonate with a lot of people on this. And it says that um, it's from Stuart Scott. It says life consists of two dates with a dash in between makes the dash count. So you basically got to make the dash count in between. We all as individuals and and humans have to be positive and live your life to the fullest. Don't ever, ever neglect a day. We need to make sure every single day is grateful we have to have more. We have to have more thanks for every single day that we're here. And I think that's what resonates with Dusty. Is I mean, as you guys listen to this podcast, you know he's a man of faith. You know he's a man of gratitude. You know he's a man of 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 helping others because you know he's going to help a ton of people on this podcast. But I also I want to ask everybody one question before we we end this this whole thing is. So, so I, I said this in my, in my first podcast, in my intro, and and I want to read this question. So, so basically, how do you want to live your life? You know, that's a question that I ask everybody. How do you want to live your life? Do you want to, do you want to live your life to the fullest? Do you want to live your life grateful? Do you want to live your life to, to, to impact thousands of people? Or do you want to go every single day and just do the bare minimum? Ask yourself that every single day, because here's the thing if you ask yourself that every single day, you will be a better person. So as you hear in my intro, you have to believe. You have to believe. And if you believe, good things happen. So I wanna thank Dusty for being here. I wanna thank him for taking the time out. I am so grateful to be your friend. I'm so grateful to watch you in this journey because I'm your number one supporter and I really appreciate it. And I think now you're going to have a lot of people that is going to follow you. But first, before we end, I want you to plug your nonprofit because I believe that that's a huge thing that you guys can get out of this is, is I want people to help you. So why don't you plug your nonprofit and then we'll go out and, and uh, see how many people can help you out.
2: Awesome! Thank you so much for that. Um, I'm glad we get a second to talk about that. So, uh, Katie and I started a nonprofit roughly a year and a half ago. Um, COVID's put some things on hold, but we're we're still pushing forward with it. Um, it started Katie's mission trip to Nicaragua, spring of two years ago now. And, um a medical mission trip they set up some family practices in, in churches and various buildings around the the mountains of Nicaragua really cool stuff um, medical care down there is is just really non-existent um, she was able to help a lot of kids there's they're struggling with a lot of chronic illnesses like um, diabetes and things like that um, they, they they helped a lot of people while she was down there but um, when she came back she had a feeling of there could be more it's a uh, you know one week or two-week medical mission, um, it's just not enough. Uh, so we started brainstorming ways we could help. And um, what we decided is a lot of what she did there could be done via telehealth. Uh, all we need to do is set up a computer down there. They have Wi-Fi even in, even in the mountains of Nicaragua. Um, set up Wi-Fi down there and you can do everything via telehealth from a computer. And her and nurse practitioners and doctors like herself up here in Michigan or anywhere else in the United States can, can help these patients with just some of their day-to-day health needs. Um, so we started a nonprofit called Health Connect International. And um, our goal is basically to help vulnerable communities around the world uh, with healthcare via telehealth. So we're starting in Nicaragua and we're going to expand from there after we do a few years of trials. Uh, the idea is um, we'll go down, we'll set up a clinic there. The people will come in, sit in front of the computer, um, we'll have a, a nurse there helping out, you know, taking blood pressure or whatever. And we will, um, and people like Katie uh, and other doctors and nurse practitioners here will see those patients remotely via uh, Zoom or services like that and, um, and, yeah, help them with their medical needs. So again, it's Health Connect International. Um, we have a website you can go to, there's a donate button on there. I'd really appreciate it. Um, Health Connect International and um, you can help us help a lot of people around the world who um, do not get the healthcare we take for granted. Uh, going, going through what I'm going through with, with my cancer, you really, really learn to appreciate the amazing healthcare we have in this country. It, it's not perfect, but man, it, I would not wanna be anywhere else in the world dealing with what I'm dealing with. I have the best oncologist, the best radiologist, the best everything in the world. Um, it's amazing. Other people are less, way less fortunate. So we're trying to help them in any little way we can. Um, I'm just kind of running the business side of it. But um, Katie and the, the healthcare professionals are, are really the important ones behind that. And uh, yeah, our goal is just to help as many people as possible.
1: So I'm going to put the link down on here when we uh, when we post it up next Friday, but I'm going to put the link down so you guys can actually uh, have a chance to donate. But I, I, I'd really like it if you guys took a chance just to, you know, really help their mission out and really help people that are less fortunate because we as Americans are very fortunate in our healthcare. And so I really, I mean, having two, you know, both of our wives being MPs and, and nurses, you know, they, they, we can get the best health we can, but they can't. So let's help them. Let's donate. Let's do as as best as we can. We'll have the link down there. But first and foremost, I want to thank you for sharing your amazing story. You're going to impact a ton of people, and I think people are going to start following you too. And and and, and that's that's what this is all about: is is getting that support and getting the help that you need. So you know, I just want to let everybody know I appreciate it. And this is the first episode of. The power of helping people thank you guys appreciate you guys love you guys everybody god bless
0: you have to believe in yourself you have to believe in your ability you are capable of anything you can achieve any dream please don't limit yourself don't live your life limited Challenge, but you will succeed. Take control.